Welcome to the Daily Sample. I'm on the hunt for my next favorite book by sampling everything I can find. I believe that usually you can tell within the first 10% or so of a book if it's worth either your time or most importantly, your money. Today we are sampling The First Sister, which is a sci-fi book written by Lyndon Lewis. This book was published August of 2020, so it's pretty newish, and it's actually going to be a trilogy, and the second book comes out this year, so I'm very excited. I did like the sample portion that I read. There were 352 pages total, and I sampled 31 of those pages. So the synopsis reads, First sister has no name and no voice. As a priestess of the sisterhood, she travels the stars alongside the soldiers of Earth and Mars, the same ones who own the rights to her body and soul. When her former captain abandons her first sister's hopes for freedom are dashed when she is forced to stay on her ship with no friends no power and a new captain saito ren whom she knows nothing about she is commanded to spy on captain ren by the sisterhood but soon discovers that working for the war effort is so much harder to do when you're falling in love leto valucius climbed his way out of the slums to become an elite soldier of venus but was defeated in combat by none other than saito ren resulting in the disappearance of his partner Hero. When Leto learns that Hero is both alive and a traitor to the cause, he now has a shot at redemption. Track down and kill his former partner. But when he discovers recordings that Hero secretly made, Leto's own allegiances are put to the test. Ultimately, he must decide between following orders and following his heart. Okay, so I've seen a couple of places say that this is for fans of Handmaid's Tale and Red Rising, and I totally agree with both of those. This opens and you immediately get strong The Handmaid's Tale vibes. Um, not in the sense that it's like a ripoff or anything, just that it has deep, deep roots in those same kind of concepts and themes in regards to women and how they are subjugated and used and really how sex and women and religion kind of all culminate together and can play off of each other, ultimately to the oppression of the woman. So we get that like immediately out of the gate, like page one, you get those vibes. And then the red rising stuff is just because it's so spacey. I feel like anything that's going to have societies in space and with any kind of planet that's been terraformed, because obviously you can't actually live on Venus, you would have to terraform it or make it so that humans could survive on it. That was a big thing in Red Rising. Red Rising is obviously not the first sci-fi series to do that. Um, that is not a thing that Pierce Brown invented or thought of himself. Um, but this book does similarly the same thing with how it sets up the universe and the different planets that we're on. So we start out kind of going through, this book kind of starts out with us trying to figure out like what's going on with this first sister. It just, we just jump straight in. Like there's no real slow introduction, but there's also not an info dump, which is kind of nice. And one of the other reasons that we get a lot of Handmaid's Tale vibes is because the sisters, who are I'm not going to say nuns because they're also clearly having sex with everyone um clearly like them having sex with parishioners I guess is the best word to use is part of this religion and it's part of their religious duties being in this order it does kind of like out of the gate tell you that these women are not necessarily there of their own volition they obviously kind of did not decide that they wanted to be a part of this or 
do what is being required of them. But one of the reasons that you draw real strong parallels with The Handmaid's Tale is because there are aunts in this order and they are in charge of the sisters and they teach the sisters how to do what they need to do based off of what their bible says and it's not the bible it's just their version of whatever religious text that they have and you also get little snippets of that text throughout the different chapters and the different sections and it kind of gives you an idea of what these people are reading and using for their religion as the basis for their religion so there's multiple multiple sisters on this um ship that they're on our character is first sister they have no names first of all um they're just called first sister second sister third sister it really just kind of depends on what their rank is and we're basically told that this first sister is leaving this ship and that's basically what this whole chapter is is her trying to get to the hangar of this ship and she's leaving with the captain who we piece together has promised her like a house and basically has promised to take her on almost as like a mistress which apparently you can do um there's this weird relationship and power that the captains of these ships have over these sisters they kind of decide who's the first sister who's the second sister based off of whoever they favor they can offer protection to the point where the sister is basically exempt from having to have sex with the other members of the crew all of this is very disgusting uh and just feels really icky but we go through like how this type of stuff really plays out on these ships uh we get a little bit of talking about other worlds and kind of other governments and wars and things like that so you get a little bit of an introduction to the world building which i feel was very well done i really did like it you get a kind of a lot of information about like what they called the dead century war um which is a huge part of their history so we get a little bit of their history which i feel like when we get into like some of these trilogies we don't get a lot of the actual history of what's going on you get like a paragraph maybe and i feel like hunger games is really bad at this because they were like there was a war that's how we got the hunger games and i was like yeah but can we get a little bit more about that i feel like this book is going to be a lot better with that because already like on page seven or whatever we're starting to hear hear about things that happened centuries ago and why it's important and how it's playing out now and why it's important to this person who's just walking down this hallway in that moment so i feel like the author did a really good job with that i'm hoping for some pretty solid world building in this book spoiler alert i do plan on finishing this book i want to finish this series i'm already hooked i think it's very interesting and hopefully by the time i get to the end of this book i'm not totally disappointed and basically i want to go eh. but i am huge i am a huge fan of both the handmaid's tale the book and the show and red rising and i had heard sidebar i had heard a rumor that there was going to be a red rising show 
I'm really hoping that continues. I hope the pandemic didn't kill that too, because that would be a great show. But anyway, so by the time the first sister, this whole chapter is the first sister just walking to this hangar um, and interacting with people and then her giving us kind of like information that we need to know to kind of understand what the heck is going on. Um, but you get the very real sense, I mean, not even a sense, so they say it outright, about the rivalry between the first sister and the second sister. And it has to do with, you know, captains playing favorites and all this other stuff all this other nonsense so you get that information and then we find out that they have no voices and i don't know if she said i can't remember i get the feeling that their tongues have been cut out that that's part of being a sister which is deeply disturbing but they do have a sign language that they use within the sisterhood so she gets to the hangar and then she finds out that this guy, this captain who is retiring and who had said that he was taking her off of the ship to basically set her up in this house as his mistress. And she's really looking forward to that because this is the clo- that's the closest she would ever actually get to freedom. He has disappeared. He is not on the ship anymore. He has disappeared. It's very unclear in the moment if he left of his own volition and then just left her behind or if something has happened to him because the entire crew and the new captain is also gathered there and the new captain has basically told her he's gone you're staying basically turn around and go back um so she's devastated obviously because her future is unknown with this new captain she's no longer the automatic favorite which means that she could be demoted from first sister and lose all of the privileges and protections that go with that so we are set up for the novel to basically get the idea that she and this new captain are gonna have to figure out how to keep her first sister and then chapter two is from Leto's perspective and one thing that I that this author does okay but that I really don't like is when we go back and forth from different perspectives in the first person I have the tendency to get confused I don't know if other people have this problem when they're reading. This author does a pretty good job of keeping the two different voices distinctive enough that I don't think it'll be too much of a problem for me. The one the one book that this was a huge problem for me was the Divergent series. The very last book, uh, the author started adding... Um, four's perspective into the novel and she was not skilled enough to keep the voices distinctive enough but I was so confused about who was talking at any point. I feel like that's not going to be the case here but it is a pet peeve of mine and it does happen in this book and I thought I'd mention it. So we open in a in his chapter at a military academy, one that he attended. He attended basically on scholarship. They don't use the word a scholarship, but that's basically what happened because he is from a working class family and this is an elite school. It's like West Point elite. Now West Point is free. This school is not, but it's kind of at that level. It is at West Point level um, is the best comparison that I can make it to for people in the states who understand our military academies so we open up there and he is a teacher he teaches combat and we go through this whole scene with him basically sparring with some kid uh he goes back and forth about like how this is a punishment for him but we don't really hear about why and uh, that's a whole thing with his chapter i really hope that's not a whole thing with his book otherwise he's just going to be too whiny for me do not like whiny characters especially don't like whiny men 
He's going to have to figure it out. But we go through that whole thing. Um, and then he gets called to the military headquarters, which actually I don't know if it's headquarters, but it is a military building. He's getting called in for a assignment. He has no idea what it is. He's very confused. He has basically been demoted because of a military operation that went south and they were defeated. He kind of talks a little bit about the war that's going on. There's a lot of detail in there and I don't want to give too much because I don't want to like, I would just have to have to read you the chapter to under to fully understand what's going on. So I'm being really vague and kind of all over the place and I'm kind of doing that on purpose because I think you should just read the book. But the one thing that struck me was that they had kind of talked about, you know, the different history points and what's going on in humanity and like the dead century war and all of that stuff. But one of the things that he talks about is that English, Spanish, and Chinese are still the main languages of his particular society. I thought that was a little odd. I feel like we could have just invented another language. Kind of took me out of the world building a little bit. Just a small critique. Because they're on Mars. Or are they on Venus? He's on Venus. Other people are on Mars. And he's not on Earth. So I feel like English, Spanish, and Chinese should have been left on Earth. Those are earth languages. We can we can have something else. So basically he gets to the uh, military headquarters and his boss tells him about his former partner Hero who they were separated after that failed military operation and were basically punished and his former partner Hero has gone missing and is suspected to have turned traitor and he is told that he has to go and find Hero and kill them and then all all will be forgiven and he's deeply conflicted about that because he and hero are very very close that's part of the bond that they have in this weird little special partnership that is unique to the society and one thing i will say is that this book was written by a, a queer author who uses the pronouns of she and they. So Hero is non-binary who uses pronouns they and them. And I feel like with novels that have this unique characteristic, especially in sci-fi, you have to go through like a whole explanation of gender norms of the society and all of this stuff, which is fine. If anybody's read Winter's Orbit, that book did it as well. They used like beads in their hair or like some sort of ornamentation that denoted their um, gender pronouns. And you could just look at someone and then just automatically know based off of their ornamentation. This book, there was no like explanation about how gender is handled in this society. The pronouns are just there. Like we never go through this whole thing where Hero is explained to be non-binary and how that's okay in this society. Like it's just, it's there and it's okay. And it's woven into this book so well that you almost don't notice it. And I really liked that and I appreciated that. And I thought that was very well done. And I really liked that the author was able to, to do that so well. It's not overly obvious. It's not totally in your face. It's not, look at me, I included it, that you get with some books and with some authors. And I, I really just, I liked it. I thought that was a really good touch. And I thought I would mention that. So that's the end of the sample is Leto accepting that mission. And like I said previously, I do plan on continuing this book. I 
actually plan on continuing the series. It's just based off of the sample. We'll see if that is my correct decision later on, but I feel like this is a very well done novel. This is a debut novel, and I will have to say that I think this author, Lyndon, is a superb writer. Like, she's just really good. I, I recommend picking this up. If you're used to, like, heavy sci-fi, I would just go ahead and buy it. If you're someone who kind of enjoys sci-fi light or doesn't really enjoy sci-fi at all, maybe just get it from the library or whatever um, to just kind of, you know, dip your toe in a little bit. Um, but I don't think it's so heavy on the sci-fi that it can't really be a good book for just the general population, like for people who even just don't even like sci-fi. And I think that's because of all of this religious priestess stuff that's going on on the back end that's a little bit more unique, in my opinion. So, like some people on Goodreads have shelved it as a fantasy novel. I don't know why that's not fantasy. I think because of that whole religious side story that's going on with the first sister. Yeah, it's definitely not a fantasy book, but some people have shelved it that way. So clearly not just for deep sci-fi nerds. All right, so here's to hoping this book works out for me. I will let you guys know in a later episode if I actually did like it. Um, if you've completed this book, let me know what you thought. You can find me on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the daily sample or on Instagram at The Daily Sample. And I will see you guys tomorrow for another book. Bye!